Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Phones to silent, doors to cross-check, hold on to your hats. This is Five Yard Rush, your fantasy football podcast, with your hosts Stocks, Sparky, Murph and Nick. Hey, what's going on, Rush Nation? It's Friday's Super Bowl Bonanza finale, and we've got quite a show for you. Murph, how are you? Yeah, good. It's uh, been a long five days. It's We've definitely got to do it again, but let's have a few weeks where we're not... I don't know if going away on a work trip to, to Copenhagen is going to be a little less stressful than putting out five pods somehow. But. Yeah. <laughs> so today, Rush Nation, we have got representatives from the UK Patriots and the UK Rams, and they're going to lock horns, no pun intended. And we're going to have some sort of presidential political debate between the two of them with us mediating and there'll just be less lies. I think that's, that's the main thing I'm going to get to that. So I'll introduce Gary first. Gary's the Patriots UK Twitter boss. Gary, how are you? Yeah, good. Thanks. How are you guys? Yeah, good. Thanks yeah, for really, coming on. Thanks for coming talk. Yeah, no problem. Uh, you got involved with the UK Patriots uh, handle or you created it and a little bit about what you, what you do with UK Pats. Uh, yeah, I created the uh, the Twitter profile in 2014. I actually created it off the back of the Kansas City loss because I was seeing a lot on social media and I just thought, I don't really see a centralized sort of Patriots account that's kind of having a voice of our guys and just kind of seeing how things are over here. So I thought well, I'd set that up and it's just kind of grown over the years. I've always been a Pats fan for as long as I can remember and I thought, yeah, let's just get my voice out there and stop annoying all my private Twitter followers with NFL chat. Nice. And then in the other corner, I suppose we should call it the blue and gold corner as opposed to the blue and white corner. <laughs> Tricky. We've got Jordan, who's the UK Rams Twitter and Facebook chief, I suppose. <laughs> How are you? Yeah, I'm not bad, thanks. 
Good. And then same question to you. How did you get involved with the UK Rams? It was after the Cardinals game in London. I just had a, there wasn't really much of an online presence for the Rams at that time. Um, I had a, a DM on my personal account from a guy called Aaron and Chris who was involved as well. Just kind of trying to get things up and running. And then we've got a couple more guys as well, Tony and Tom, who help out. Tony does the Facebook. I'm kind of dealing with the, the Twitter as well. And Chris helps out on Instagram. Nice. That was the nine-all extravaganza, wasn't it? No, that was actually the thirty-three nothing oh, trouncing right. that we gave them. <laughs> there you go. Good, good vibes for you before uh, before the uh, the game on Sunday. So, yeah. Good, good to have you both on. So the idea of this is just for you both to. We're going to take it in turns and ask you a question. So there's going to be some questions put together by us. Uh, some put together by our listeners who have got some things that they want to ask. Now, it's going to be take it in turns to, to answer, so we'll alternate who goes first in the question, and then there'll be an opportunity to uh, rebuck if there's something in there you want to challenge or, or question when the other person's finished responding. So, you know, it's just going to be a very fun, good-natured debate. Keep it clean. No low blows. No, uh, it's a family pod, so no uh, extreme language. It just helps on the editing as well. So, without further ado, uh, let's begin. So, really easy one to to start off with. This is going to go over to Gary first for the UK Patriots. How did your team make it to the Super Bowl? Why did they deserve their place overall? Uh, well, the the big key thing this year was uh, winning at home, going unbeaten at home both in the regular season and playoffs, played a massive role in the seeding and eventual you know, place in the Super Bowl. Um, one key thing that the Patriots did this year was they actually lost to non-playoff teams in the events they did lose. So you could look at it as a, it wasn't too damaging when they did lose in the overall scheme of things. And because of the, uh, the seeding implications and how the divisions match up, getting in the second seed with an 11-5 record was quite fortunate. But in terms of getting to the Super Bowl, no one can deny that they've really game-planned their hearts out by uh, taking down the charges with quite a unique scheme. And then, obviously, the Chiefs last week in that nail-biter. So, yeah, I think the, the key thing to take away is, is the, the unbeaten record at home and then, uh, and then just, just game-planning week to week. Nice. So, Jordan, saying to you, you know, how did, you, how did they get there? How did the Rams get there? And, and why do they deserve their place? I think if you ask Saints fans, they'll say it was because of the refs. But... <laughs> Um, overall from the start of the season it was really the, the offence carried the team um, we made a lot of moves in the off season on the, the defensive side but it didn't really come together in the, the regular season even though we finished 13-3 and swept the division um, and we also swept the AFC West but that we played um, on the other side as well had a bit of a, a mini slump people were calling it towards the end of the season beating back-to-back weeks with the Eagles and the Bears but we still got the number two seed and then kind of in the playoffs, the defence has kind of come alive a bit. The run defence in the first game especially, we, we were told kind of Zeke was going to run all over us, but he was held under 50 yards um, and we actually had over 200 yards running in that. And then obviously the other week there against the Saints, I think we'll, we'll probably come on to the refs again later on, but we obviously went to the place where I don't think Peyton and Breeze had been beaten. Um, and, and we've come out with a victory in over, overtime so I think we deserve it overall but we'll, I'm sure we'll come on to some points in regards to that <laughs> Breeze did lose uh, at home this season Buccaneers Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick you know, <laughs> in week one just saying 48 points he put up Look, easy this, 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 in, the, in the playoffs sorry <laughs> 
yeah, Susan Touche. Buccaneers podcast. I feel so, like I need to just bring it up. Listen, when you when you get to the Super Bowl and you come on this podcast as the Bucks rep, then you can do that. Sorry, boys. I'll keep him in check. I'll keep him in check. So, Jordan, next question. You go first. How do you respond to NFL fans in the UK who suggest that your team doesn't deserve to be in the Super Bowl? Back onto the refs already. So, <laughs> it's just got to be that, you know, for that for that point, one, one call doesn't make a game. Um, if you go back to, to our drive just before where we tied up, I think it was 20, 20 all we tied up a field goal. The refs missed a face, face mask on uh, golf that would have made it first and goal at the one. So, I mean, you can go through every game and pick decisions that don't go your way. So, I mean, at the end of the day, we had four game tying or game in the end, a game winning drive from golf in the second half in overtime. Um, came back from 13 nothing and 2013 deficits and I think like I said I didn't see the playoffs but I don't think I think Breeze and Peyton were 7-0 and at the Superdome in the playoffs so I mean it was it was an impressive victory overall yeah Greg the leg done it in the end nice and then same to you Gary huh? how do you respond to NFL fans that suggest you don't deserve, deserve to be in the Super Bowl cry about it <laughs> <laughs> no I uh, I think um, much like my friend on the, on the Rams side I think the whole rules and stuff like that came up a lot this week to do with the overtime, which I think is the most ridiculous argument in all sports because everyone knows what it is at this point. And you can literally look to the other side of the game, the other side of uh, the NFC to see how the overtime rule can be like be flipped on the on its head by saying, you know, you, you have a job out there as a de- the defense is one of the three facets of the game. If you can't get a single stop, you don't deserve to go through. So that's the way I'd, I'd return to that. But uh, I think it's interesting uh, what you say about one, call not affecting the game because I was reading a lot about it this week and I think I mean guys feel free to chime in but I think in many cases one call can decide a game and we would go as soon as back as you know uh, as Des caught it Des didn't catch it I mean my favorite example of one call affecting the game is uh, it's probably the hardest game I've ever had to watch in my life which is the 2007 Super Bowl where it is the most obvious holding call that's blown that, that leads to the Tyree catch so I think it's fine to say uh, you know that one call doesn't make a difference, but I think it can, and I think it did. But uh, I think I think the other side of it is you can say, well, Breeze had the ball in overtime and had every right to score, and he went and throw a pick. So I think, yeah, I don't know whether I don't know how you guys feel about the uh, the the uh, again the overtime rule or the uh, the one call doesn't affect an outcome of a game thing as well. Yeah, I mean, we we talked about it extensively on our Tuesday pod either last week or the week before last week. Last week. And yeah, Murph wrote an article on it, and and we've got into it in depth and. We sort of came to the agreement that, you know, one call does change a game, can change a game, but then calls are missed in many games, in many sports all over the world. And it just so happened that this one was missed in, in, in the championship final. So yeah. time and place and, and stuff like that. I think, I think people having a go at the Patriots for the way they won the game. I don't like the way it was settled, but that's the rules that are in place now. It's not like they broke the rules to, to win the game. Um, exactly, yeah. So... I don't like it. I, I would have liked to have seen Mahomes come out and do it. And if he doesn't do it, then fair enough. But I know as well that had Mahomes got the ball first and scored the touchdown, the debate would never have even been brought up. And it is the fact that it is the Patriots and it's the ninth Super Bowl in, in 19 years. So I do, I do get that there's a lot of animosity to it. I do think the rules should change, but I don't blame the Patriots for taking advantage of the rules. Because yeah, it's valid, yeah. As for the call... I, I do think that it should be something that's reviewable. 
Uh, the officials have missed it. I don't believe the game should ever be replayed after it's settled. No, no. Settled. I didn't like the way it ended. I think it left a sour taste in the mouth. But at the same token, it's done now. It's just part of history. Something positive will come out of it. And you, it's not like the Rams are some no-hoper team. You know, they've they've won 14 games, including playoff games this year. So it's not like they're just completely unmerited to be there. They deserve every chance to, to go for this. So... Regardless, yeah, of how absolutely. Yeah, calls go either way. So, uh, I just think it's an interesting thing to discuss. You know, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, completely agree. So, uh, this one over to you, Gary. First, then, what is the greatest strength that your opponents, the Rams, have in the Super Bowl against you? Uh, the one matchup that kind of sticks out to me that the Rams probably have a massive upper hand is the interior pressure on the uh, defensive line. Uh, Donald and Sue are, I mean, Donald in himself is scary, but you stick a Donald and Sue alongside him and you're going to have trouble. Uh, we've seen in the Super Bowls in the past that the main way to kind of uh, disrupt the offense and get to Brady is pressure. And I'm not liking the idea of Sue and or Donald's coming up the middle every play. Um, the only thing I could say is the offensive line has been superb the entire playoffs. I think uh, David Andrews, Joe Tooney, Shaq Mason have been, been superb. Uh, not letting up a single sack yet. Let's, keep, let's hope he keeps that way. So that's that's probably the the matchup that sticks out to me. Some other lesser ones to keep an eye on probably the um, the receiver matchup. Brandon Cooks. I know exactly how dom- how you know explosive he can be. He was over with us last year. So uh, yeah, I think. But the main thing that sticks out is Donald and Sue. Okay, Jordan. Same to you. What is sort of the greatest mm-hmm. strength that the Patriots possess in this Super Bowl? Um, I just think the overall depth that they kind of have. They just seem to have an ability to get you know, game changing player or, or just a a performance from anybody on the roster, doesn't matter if they were a first-round pick, undrafted, free agent, whatever. You know, look at the game against the Chiefs the other week, I ended up staying up to watch it just to see who we would end up playing. And Kyle Van Noy, you know, who was kind of, you know, dumped from his last team, the Patriots picked him up and he's, he's kind of helped them get into to the Super Bowl. You look at Malcolm Butler a few years ago, I know he's not in the team anymore, but, you know, game-winning interception against the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. They, they just have an ability to... You can't key in on one person because they've just got so many so many weapons around the team. And that's on offence and defence. So it's it's going to be a, an extremely tough game, I think. No, for sure. So staying with you, Jordan, do you think Super Bowl experience matters once you get there? So if you make it, do you think that you need to have experience in the Super Bowl for it to, to be 100% locked in? I mean, you it, it can make a difference, I suppose, if you let it. I think if you obviously the way bring up anything bad for Gary, but the Eagles last year weren't as experienced as the Patriots, and they've they've come away with a victory. But you look at the previous years with like so the the Falcons, who had a huge lead, but they were extremely inexperienced on the field and on the sideline with the coaching. The play calling really affected them in the second half, and obviously the the Patriots. Um, experience and just their talent overall help them come back and win that so if you let it then it'll, it'll overcome you but maybe it's just hope more than expectation I'm hoping that it, it doesn't come back to bite us yeah, fair. and then yeah same question to you Gary yeah I, th- I think it, I think it matters but not not massively I think uh, you raise a good point about the Falcons because I remember when um, obviously the comeback in the second half they after the game the likes of I think Sanu uh, and a few others came out and said that they were quite surprised and found themselves restless during the halftime show. 
because obviously they're not used to that sort of long break. And alternatively, I think uh, Brady done an interview and he said that he kind of just rested his eyes and had a little nap during that period. And you think it's kind of that sort of thing of been there, done that. But I think you're absolutely right in saying that it only lets you bother, only if you let it bother you because the Eagles seemed inexperienced. But I mean, they, they took to it perfectly fine and, you know, deservedly won last year. Um, so yeah, I think it can matter, but, but not massively. And you'd like to think that you kind of, you know, you prepare yourself for these sort of prolonged breaks in play and, you know, the additional pressure and the large, like the different type of crowd, because I know a lot of it is kind of split for, you know, you don't get as many sort of fans there. You get a lot of corporate sponsorship. They get a lot of seats. So it's kind of adjusting to that as well. Yeah. It's, it's obviously going to be an advantage to have it, but I don't know. I think it's, it's on mindset and mentality and coaching. And I think if Sean McVay is, is someone that I don't think is going to be overawed by the experience of being in a Super Bowl because he's handled yeah. everything so well so far. Whereas I think that Falcons team definitely did. It lacked a real commanding winner, leader that I think McVay has. So, yeah, it's interesting to throw that one in there. All right, this one's over to you, to you, Gary, first. So who is the one retired player from your franchise history that you would love to have on the field for this year's Super Bowl to help your, to help your team win? Oh, there's so many to choose from. Uh, from a pure fun standpoint, I guess Randy Moss. But I think logistically speaking, I'd like a defensive player to kind of just shore things up. So I'd probably go for someone like Ty Law or maybe Teddy Bruschi just from the, uh, from the leadership, leadership standpoint. I think if we had Ty Law opposite you know, uh, Gilmore, I think I'd feel a lot more comfortable like, covering the receivers. Likewise, if we had Bruschi in the middle, I'd like to think he'd kind of been able to sort of navigate plays and be able to just dissect them and diagnose them before they were going to come apart because he just had that sort of mentality and brain about him. So if I had to pick one, I'd go with I'd go with Tyler just to shore things up and he's done it in the big game before against Kurt Warner. So against the Rams, not, not bringing up bad memories or anything. but <laughs> <laughs> that's, a great, that's a great call. I think he's a superb player and should end up in the hall one day. So I like that. All right, Jordan, uh, same over to you. Uh, one retired player from your history that you'd love to have on the field for this Super Bowl. Um, I'm going to go way back to the, the fearsome force on those days. Um, we've got Deacon Jones, um, I just one of the greatest pass rushers of all time. And if you're going to win this game, you need to pressure Brady. So, I mean, 100, 100 well, the sack wasn't a, a stat at the time when he played, but... Uh, Pro Football Weekly had him at 137 and a half sacks in his career. So I just think with with that type of pressure coming from the edge, he was an edge rusher. You've got Donald up the middle, Sue up the middle. I think that would be difficult to stop. And yeah, just we know that you need to pressure Brady if you want to beat him. So that that would be my choice. That's fair. That's a decent. Yeah, pressure on Brady is the key to beating the Pats. So with that said, carry on, Jordan. What are the major things your team are going to need to do to ensure victory in the Super Bowl? Um, first point, just just like I've said, there's you need to get to Brady. Doesn't matter how good they are, and obviously he's one of the best, if not the best ever. That they, they don't like being pressured, they don't like being hit, and and that's what you need to do. The second one would be maintain the balance on offense. McVeigh sometimes forgets a little bit about the run, but especially in the the, the games that we end up getting beat, that's what you kind of find. Um, I think maybe it's a little bit easier for him to keep with it now because we've got um, CJ Anderson there. So it's a bit of a change up from if maybe Gurley's not working, you can you can throw in Anderson. He's a little bit different. And obviously it's a big part of our game with the play action. So we, we need the run. And the last one would be we need to score when we're in the red zone. Uh, the Rams were 18th in touchdowns per red zone appearance. And field goals aren't going to win this game. It needs to be touchdowns. 
So that would be the three the three things I think we need to do. Fair. Gary? I think, first of all, we need to, uh, as I said earlier, stop Sue and Donald. Just just contain them. Don't let them kind of put too much pressure on Brady or have an, you know, an effect on the run game. We, we make sure Sony Michelle gets going. Next thing he needs is stop the run. As you said there, I think even if Gurley's not 100% and you want to mix up, CJ Anderson had a superb couple of weeks. The man is literally like a bowling ball. It's insane. And uh, finally, um, I guess... I guess I'd approach this a similar way that we did with Mahomes and perhaps even Philip Rivers by just not giving Goff any time whatsoever in the pocket. If it means playing cover zero or cover one, then that, 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 that's what we might need to do. Just make sure that Goff doesn't have a chance to get in a rhythm like Nick Foles did last year. And for the love of God, no more soft zone coverage because it just doesn't work in the big game. And uh, yeah, I think that's the key thing is just, you know, everyone at the line, rough up the receivers. They're a little bit smaller, but oh, I mean, can be as explosive and dominant. We'll rough them up a little bit, make you know, disrupt their routes, make sure they can't get in a rhythm, which is just so important with a golf and McVeigh led offense. Nice, yes, yes. Uh, a good response there. So that's all from us. We're now going to take some questions from our listeners that have come in via Twitter. The first one is from Paul Brown, who hosts the Paul Brown podcast at Paul Brown underscore UK, and he's asked to prove how confident you are in your team's victory in the Super Bowl. So in typical Paul Brown style, I don't know if you've ever heard his podcast, uh, he wants to know which body part are you going to give up if your team wins the Super Bowl? And this is an auction style. Start large, but if you want to start small, I'll keep opening it up until we get the biggest body part. Not in terms of size, but in terms of biggest... Necessity. Necessity, yeah. I think that's fair. Until someone's willing to put it all on the line. And Jordan, you're first. Um, I'd rather not give up anything, but if we need to, we need to... Let's go right leg. We'll go right leg. Doesn't really do much. Don't kick the ball with that at football or anything. So um, we'll, we'll go right leg. Gary, if you Gary, if you beat that here, I think you just take the win. If you're going to give more than your right leg, <laughs> but Jordan, Jordan didn't want to give up anything, and then he just went right leg straight out the gate. So let's see what happens. Gary, what are you going to give up? Uh, I'd probably give up my liver because it's going to be useless anyway by the end. <laughs> of the <night. laughs> All right. Jordan, you're going to advance from liver? No, I quite like having a drink, so I'd like, rather keep that. <laughs> Anything else you're willing to give up? Uh, I'd give up enough, have I not? <laughs> All right, so Jordan's going to give up his right leg, and Gary's going to give up his liver. I think that's a fair draw. Yeah, I'd call that a draw. I'm right. No one's going to follow this up, right, guys? Like, <laughs> I'm keeping my liver no matter what, right? Yeah. Paul, Paul might. <laughs> you know, he, he's had people that have uh, said they'd give up their heads. So, interesting one. Yeah. Okay, next question. And this comes in from Charlie from At Ice the Kicker. If, you've got what, if you could take one player from another NFL team, who would it be and why? And now let, you can't take someone from the opposing team because you're then taking them. So, for instance, you can't take Tom Brady because you'd be stopping the Patriots. So, let's just presume if they are on the other side, you get them twice. So, you can have Brady versus Brady if you wanted, as opposed to two Tom Brady's. And, uh, Gary, you're up first. So, which player would you take from any other NFL team? Past or present or just present? No, no, no. Take from the other team in the Super Bowl. Oh, from the other team. Oh, sorry. Uh, which Rams player would you, would you take? Uh, to fill, fill a weakness, I guess. It would probably, it would probably be Aaron Donald, actually, because our... our our ability to stop the run and uh, get interior pressure has been pretty minimal this year. I know Malcolm Brown's come out a little bit more in the uh, playoffs, but I think he's been poor by his standards. I think edge rusher recovered, so I, I just take Donald. Obviously, I'd still be terrified of Donald on the other side, so we'd have Donald versus Donald, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jordan? Um, I think I'd probably go with Gronk um, on this one. I actually quite like the Rams' two tight ends that they have, Everett and Higby, but I just think Gronk's just a completely different player to them. Obviously, been 
so good for so long now. I think if you just added him to likes of Cooks and Woods and you know Gurley in there as well, just something else for Goff to to hit, something else for McVeigh to scheme, then that's going to be difficult to stop. Yeah. So this one's from Jack Duffin at Jack Duffin, uh, co-host of the Paul Brown podcast. So which Jared Goff turns up for the Super Bowl, the pre-buy Jared Goff or the post-buy pre-post-season Jared Goff? What's your reason for this answer? So we'll start with you, Gary. Uh, I'd hope for pre-buy, but prepare for post-buy because, uh, I mean, if he comes out all, like firing all cylinders, that terrifies me much like Nick Foles did last year. But pre-buy, I think he's a little bit more easy to contain, a little bit more predictable, um, and that'll be easy to, to handle. Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> yeah. Jordan, same question to you. Um, obviously, got to hope it was the way he kind of started off the season um, and then has played the last two games. I mean, the way he's performed in, in the New Orleans especially the fourth quarter in overtime. They had a couple of drives, a couple of really good throws. So the way he handled that experience, that crowd, I'm hoping that he can do the same. So obviously it's a big game, different game, but if we can get him the way that he played against the likes of the Vikings or the Chiefs quite early in the season, I think I think we've got a good chance. Nice. So next question is from at Dazza Haggerty, and he asks, if there was one player, past or current, you could take from any other team, who would it be? And that is to you, Jordan. Um, I think for pretty much the same reasons that I picked Deacon Jones earlier, I would go with Khalil Mack for this one, just for the way that he can press pressure Grady from the edge. He's probably the best pass rusher in the league outside of, of Donald. So, and we actually did try and uh, trade for him in the off season. From what I've from what I've read, we tried to get him on a, a kind of deal from the the Raiders, but they thought that the Bears would be picking a lot earlier than they ended up picking. So. They went with that deal. So, yeah, give me Khalil Mack. And then, Gary, same to you. I'd go I'd go pass and I'd just pick up Lawrence Taylor because it'd be fun. And I think, <laughs> uh, see, uh, Bill Belichick already did some magic with him. So, I think, I mean, if we had LT, then I'd feel a lot more comfortable about everything. I just think he, he, he is probably, you know, I'm going to say Brady, but he's the best player of all time. But I think Lawrence Taylor is just an absolute beast and always has been throughout all his career. So, I think... I just grab him, just stick him anywhere along that line and make him cause havoc. Why not? Nice. We're just entering the two-minute drill now, so one-word answer. Final question from at Rich King, FF, old uh, podcast favourite Rich King, or Kingy for uh, a word. Which other team would they prefer to face and why that made the playoffs? So of the other 10 teams, which team would you prefer to have in the, in the Super Bowl? No need for why, just, just the team would be good. Eagles. Nice. All right. Jordan? Chiefs. <laughs> wow yeah. I think that's what everyone wanted alright fellas well, look, th- thanks for that why don't you uh, boys give you a quick shout out as to where they can find you and interact start with you Jordan um, yeah on Twitter you can get us it's LARams underscore UK that's the same handle on Instagram and you can get us on Facebook it's just LARams UK no spaces or anything perfect and Gary uh, I'm just on Twitter, just at UK underscore Patriots. Perfect. Well, boys, thank you so much for coming on. Good luck to you both in the Super Bowl. It's going to be a good game. Cheers. Yeah, yep, best, of best of luck. Thanks for coming on. Uh, may the best of luck, guys. We're going to put a little uh, poll on Twitter, to, and then Twitter's going to decide who wins, uh, who won this debate. But thanks so much for joining, and uh, we'll speak again soon. Love to have you guys back on in the summer. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, yeah, guys. Awesome. Cheers, Jordan. Good yeah, luck, cheers, mate. Cheers, Gary. Good luck, Sim. And that's it, Rush Nation. That is your Friday bonanza over with. Don't forget till next week, keep rushing.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.